under the ivy-covered trees, across the illuminated path. Beyond the Yard of Bone lies a sanctum of cinema, games, and geek culture. And if one rolls naturally, with truth and without fear, they may enter the Order of the Midnight Roller. The die is cast. Welcome to fellow travelers to the Gaius Sanctorum. This is the Order of the Midnight Roller podcast. We are your guides, Scully and Jameson. This week we are discussing the importance of music in film and cinema. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor for the week. The George Lucas Institute for the Cinematically Insane. Alright, so yeah, this week we're uh, going to be discussing... Uh, music or, or well i guess soundtrack and score because there is definitely a difference between the two yes and no i mean they're both equally important because like the movie almost famous doesn't have a score but there's a soundtrack of other people's songs yeah i mean there the score is the instrumental that right. was created for the actual movie. Yes. When I think of score, I think like Danny Elfman, John Williams, Hans Zimmer, like that's what I think of when I think of scores. But like soundtracks, I think of like movies that just have other people's jams in them. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's the the now there there is a mixture of both sometimes. Like there's Elizabeth Town with Orlando Bloom and Onion, uh, where there are definitely other people's songs like Ryan Adams and Elton John and like all this other stuff, but there is a score that's underneath all of it as well. Well, the music, whether it be an actual score or, or that would you know, be someone else's music, it really sets the tone for what's going yes. on, uh, regardless whether it has yes instrumentals or right um, the actual words playing. Um, a lot of times I will say I notice that they may keep a song, but they'll take out the words and just use the instrumental. Yes. So that way it doesn't distract in uh, the dialogue. I, I think I've seen a lot of movies where they're, they do both. They will have a scene that has the full song with lyrics in it and also have have it where it is instrumental throughout the movie. So let me ask you this. So would you consider if a, if a song was created for the actual movie, for example, I just watched a um, film, uh, I Was a Teenage Wear Skunk, <laughs> and they actually have a song called I Was a Teenage Wear Skunk. So would you consider that score or would you just would consider ever, that no, music? That it would be considered original soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, T. Bowen Burnett. I don't know that I would. I I like that terminology. I actually don't That's know the, the true terminology though. But the soundtrack is everything encompassed. But then there's things called just the original soundtrack, like uh, Rocket Man. That's Elton John's songs, but done by another person, and it's a, they consider that to be an original soundtrack. Well, that one I would give you yeah. as a soundtrack. I don't know. I guess we should actually look up what the actual terminology yeah. is. As far as I know, there's a difference between having a movie that has just all scored music and one that has full song with lyrics and things like that in there. I don't know. I don't think there's really a difference. Maybe there's not, but to me there is. Like, And the only reason why I'm arguing that point is because 
um, I'm trying to think what movie it was. In the actual soundtrack, there mm-hmm. is both the musical scores right. as well as the actual. There is movies like that too, but there are yeah. there are movies that are just but technically it would be still be considered yeah. the soundtrack. I guess so, but yeah, I guess yeah, you're probably right. But there, honestly, there are plenty of movies that I've seen where it's just been. Words, words and music, and not just score. Oh yeah, they yeah. do that all the time, yeah. especially in modern, modern movies. movies. I won't we're, call it cinema. We're, we're we're doing large air quotes because we had this discussion before the episode started. What is film and what is a movie? We said Twenty One Jump Street is a movie, and Gone with the Wind is a film. Don't at yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and at me. I mean, I will argue to the end. It's degree. very true. Like, I mean, there is well, Edward, like, anything by Edward D. Jr. is a movie. Shawshank Redemption is a film. I don't know. Do you Plan consider anything for, by Edward D. Jr. A film? I mean, see, to me, because it's got Bella Lugosi in it. So, Plan I Nine from Outer Space is a film in in its own right a cinematic masterpiece it is supreme cinematic trash <laughs> it is the the holy grail of trash cinema yes which we it, both love i mean it's up there with like pink flamingos cuz john waters I is the i still evil... haven't seen pink flamingos you're a bad gay i am a bad gay <laughs> you're a that's it you get it to point off your gay that one that's fine am i considered butch now or, or no, no, what is it? Uh, am I considered mask now? I have no idea. I'm getting too old to know the terminologies anymore. <laughs> I'm just... not young enough to know these things or hip enough. You know, that was one of the funniest things about the movie I just watched was it was set in the 1950s. Oh, they said and... the texting thing, right? Well, that's that's something different. Um, they use like the lingo, you know, it was very leave it to beaver. Oh, golly, geez. And then the main character went and talked to this like other guy who was supposed to be super hip uh-huh. and they use like completely different language. And he's like, I don't understand you. And I'm like literally watching this thing going, wow, I know how this feels because that's I every see person thing, I know. Now I see all these things on the internet, especially TikTok. This is the worst one where they're like using all this lingo. And I'm like, what language are, are they are speaking? Oh God. I, I mean, I, I speak listen, Vulcan. I, 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 I work in a field that I have, that's an ever evolving like language base. And I have to urban dictionary so many things every day. I have learned some terrible things. Urban Dictionary is an evil thing. But back to what we were... And hilarious. Back to the subject at hand. But it also had a wonderful song called I Was a Teenage Wear Skunk. And it was super stupid and I loved it. And highly recommend watching the movie. All right. So I I ask this question of you. Now, we've asked this ourselves many times. What is more recognizable? The score or music of a movie or the movie itself? Because you automatically Ooh. know it's Indiana Jones when the score comes on. I think that's different because a movie has to have the perfect balance. Yes. And I'll use this as an example. So obviously we all know the Star Wars theme song. Um, it's like engraved it. in pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, fu- I actually put separate than the actual soundtrack itself. Mm. So I'm recently rewatching all the Star Wars movies, 
and really analyzing them, and I was watching episode one. Don't at me, I still like the movie. I'm going to at you right now. You have (laughs) terrible taste in Star Wars movies. It's not my favorite, but um, one of the things that I really noticed, and this kind of goes into what we were talking about, I've seen the movie numerous times. It came out when I was a teenager. You know, I loved the movie back then, despite all of its flaws. But during the prod race scenes, Mm -hmm. I noticed that my heart was racing. Well, I've seen it, you know, probably hundreds of times. Why is that? Then I really started listening to the soundtrack and the way that John Williams did the soundtrack, it really played with the emotions. Mm -hmm. So it really uh, went along with the movie and heightened the movie. Yes. But now there are certain songs that become you know, synonymous. Yes. So for example, the duel of the fates also from the phantom menace. Yeah, right. Um, I would probably say the majority of people would know that song. If it right. came up, may not know what movie it's, it's from, from, but, they'll, but know it. yeah. they'll know the duel of the fates. I will say this. Um, sometimes like, especially with John Williams, his music can blend because mm-hmm. there are parts in Star Wars and parts in Indiana Jones mm-hmm. that are so similar that you would feel that they would flow into each other. There's a part in the main theme of Star Wars that I think they actually put like the theme of Star Wars and Indiana Jones and it oops, sorry. Uh it went all together. Like it was like it started with Star Wars and then it went into Indiana Jones. I have no idea what you're talking about there, but we'll go with it. <laughs> okay, so if I remember, I was watching a video and they were talking about soundtracks, and John Williams came up and they mm-hmm. were like, "Well, his stuff is so similar, it is that you could take one of his things and run it into another." And so they took Star Wars, the mm-hmm. one with the credit, the crawl, and mm-hmm. then the beginning of like Temple of Doom, and they like there's a middle part of both of the songs. That are so similar that you can just kind of like go from one into the other. I can kind of see it. I mean, and I've I can actually say because I've played both the yeah. Indiana Jones theme as well as Star Wars in multiple instruments, so I can see where and that would be an he's issue. He's one of those guys that you just know it's one of his movies. Well, almost all like major composers, yeah, well, so like Hans Zimmer, Zimmer, if it doesn't um, have the bon, Danny like, Elfman. Yeah. They all have very similar... Danny Elfman has that weird... I can't... We were discussing that the other night when we were watching uh, Sleepy Hollow. There's something about his music. There's one particular instrument that he uses the most that you just know it's him when you hear it. Well, with Sleepy Hollow, it had a lot of very low tones. Low so tones. the woodwinds weren't going very high as were yeah. like with... You know, for example, Star Wars and yeah. um, oh man, it's... Uh, da, 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 Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Why I'm having brain farts? <laughs> like I, I'm seeing Harrison Ford. Of course, mm-hmm. he's in both Star Wars and Indiana Jones, so that yeah. might be why I, I farted. They both have very high registers. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So you know, you have a lot of, especially Indiana Jones. Well, mm-hmm. I guess in, in the Star Wars theme, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you have strong trumpets, mm-hmm. as where with Sleepy Hollow, you have more of those bass, but that gives yeah. it that eerie underlining tone. And that's every, everything he that he does. Well, I don't know. Mars Attacks is totally different. I feel like he, I forgot that was Danny Elfman. That's Danny Elfman and Tim and uh, freaking Tim Burton. 
Mars Attacks, though, really does have more of that, like, Indiana Jones feel, It does have a very... I feel like he was inspired by John Williams for Mars Attacks. But, like, there are so many soundtracks that Danny Elfman has done that we don't know about. Yeah. Like, that aren't Tim Burton movies. Yeah. Like, Weird Science and stuff like that. But I will actually say the one thing... The soundtrack... What makes a good soundtrack is if you don't really notice it yes because uh the color of space the color of space um if it well color of space is a little bit different was that the cat yes that is the cat um i just heard this really loud pitched um cry with the color of space it's maybe it's not what's being played but what's not being played the color of space has a lot to do with sound the way that a quiet place does oh god i love the quiet place um if you haven't seen either one of them we both highly recommend it highly they don't really rely on soundtracks as much as sound itself yeah the sound the sound supervisor and Mm -hmm. stuff man they got their hands real in it for those movies yeah but like movies like i'll use maleficent as an example okay that's a good one the soundtrack was just okay it went with the movie it played with it but um it in my opinion it didn't enhance it the way that a movie like titanic oh yeah right titanic and that's actually a good one it has its theme song my heart will go on by celine dion we all know it um love it hate it whatever but the soundtrack you don't really know but it still enhanced the movie yeah i'm i mean there there's a few of those that like the green mile the green mile would be another good example man if you took the soundtrack out of the green mile it would be still sad and amazing Mm mm-hmm not as powerful the soundtrack to the green mile really adds a layer of depth to the Mm -hmm. movie that without it it would be it'd be a little bland well and you'd also notice with um sorry about that technical difficulties um i don't really remember what i was saying because i'm trying to keep a microphone from falling um titanic titanic falling yeah Yeah, i mean story of my life (laughs) um now i will say when a soundtrack is off with a movie it makes the movie that much worse it's it you notice it's off and i also remember there was another movie that i watched and i wish i could remember which one it was but like i was sitting there and just kind of like tapping my oh it was a marvel movie there was a marvel movie that the soundtrack I was just waiting for them to burst into the Indiana Jones theme song. Like it was um, so similar and it bothered me so bad. I forget which Marvel movie it was. The Marvel movies all pretty much have this, well, modern day ones because the ones from like Jon Favreau, like the Iron Man Mm -hmm. ones, they have a very jazzy kind of like swing almost soundtrack to them, like a sixties kind of thing going on. And like a lounge lizardy kind of feel to them. Okay. Where you get into like the Avengers, it all sounds the same. And then it well, started I think all they, sounding the same. I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. But um, since we're talking about Marvel and soundtracks, let's talk about the one that I hated the most. Captain Marvel. No comment. <laughs> um, look, I, you know, love it, hate it. You are allowed to like the movie. 
I, I personally parts of it. didn't I love like it. Sam Jackson. I love the cat. The cat was the cat was good. If Samuel Jackson and the cat can't save it, I'm sorry. This is a personal opinion, and I liked it for I did not like it for many reasons. One of the things that I really didn't like about it was the use of the soundtrack because mm. they really wanted to play on nostalgia. And they, I remember during one of the big fight scenes, I was they started playing "I'm Just a Girl" by No Doubt, right. which obviously, being a '90s kid, um, I you know used to rock that one. Right. However, like I was like, oh my god, I love the song, and then I started watching what's on the screen. I go, really? That's what you you came up with? Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, just let him in. I'm sorry, our mascot is whining to come in. I'm sorry, did we not pay enough attention to you? I mean, overall, the movie, the score of the movie, I will say, is really good. I would always say that Marvel has a fairly good track record with score. Like I said, all the Avengers movies, they kind of did this, the same kind of thingy with a variation, which is they which do the is same. for a franchise is yeah. a good way to go, yeah. um, because for example, all the Star Wars anything has a very similar feel, yes, and that plays into it. Whether it be the Mandalorian, um, oh, the uh, let, us, let us not get into the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, the, the most uh, beautiful da, da, da. piece of Star Wars in a long time. Uh, the Clone Wars has uh, a very similar um, feel in music, yeah. and because those are things that I do listen to, yeah, and listen for, yeah. Um, even though they are different, they are very similar. So I do give Marvel a lot of passes that way. I do love though, because there's a whole thing of like music movies, like mm-hmm. Purple Rain and The Wall and um, musicals. Which I find it funny that you I'm like those a, type of movies, but I'm you not, hate musicals. I'm not a musicals person, but I do love the like rock band that does like a rock opera, I guess. Like Tommy by The Who. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I mean, I have my, I don't dislike all musicals. I guess they have to be specific ones like Rocky Horror Picture Show, things of that nature. Nuggets agrees. Well, Rocky Horror is is definitely a cult classic. Um, I mean, you do have, you know, musicals. Well, I mean, look at the Disney movies. They yes. all really, you know, they each have their own feel. Right. But they all have that whimsical. Yeah. Except for Snow White, but that's just a period thing. Yeah, it's just a period thing. Um, I just recently watched that movie and... The original Snow White? The original Snow White. Didn't um, age well, huh? <laughs> no, it didn't. No. I, I just, I was watching it and I'm going, okay, why did I watch this again? I mean, it's beautiful for what it is. And cinematically, it was a masterpiece. I mean, it oh, still yeah. really is. I mean, think about um, how and it's the music. on. Well, don't do that anymore. Well, and well, actually, something I found out recently, and I knew this happened with Sleeping Beauty, but I guess it happened with all um, Disney films, that they actually recorded actors and actresses and then drew every single frame by hand over the actors and actresses so they got the right movements huh so because i knew that with aurora because the scene when she's singing um uh once upon a dream 
which the uh, the version by Lana Del Rey from Maleficent is fantastic. I do like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Once Upon a Dream, she's moving around and she's dancing, and they are actually drawing over hmm. the film. That's interesting. Um, but you want to talk about you know um, increasing the mood. Think about also in Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. when Stefan is it Stefan? No, Philip. Stefan's the father. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip is fighting Maleficent. That really powerful score that really shows the power of Maleficent and mm-hmm. the conquering of good over evil. Right. And that score enhances oh, yes. the movie. But there's so many movies that have terrible scores that don't even make the movie any better. I'm trying to think of some, but most of those I block out. Me too, because I'm just like, I don't want to watch this. They're not worth our time. Yeah, like big, huge blockbuster movies that are supposed to be all everything. Mm -hmm. And they're just wah, wah. Like, it's, I don't know. There was a Transformers movie I saw, and I don't remember which one it was. That one, I remember thinking the soundtrack just seemed off. They all... (laughs) I mean... Mm. I, only, I didn't the watch very many. Michael Bay explosion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have uh, you have certain movies that the only thing they have going for them is the, the soundtrack. soundtrack. Yes. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Soundtrack was amazing. Movie was meh. <laughs> I don't have a word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so much went right with that movie. But the things that went wrong went wrong. wrong. I mean, the... There were some things that could not save that movie. Oof, no. But also, with that movie in particular, and I'll actually point this one out, because this bothers me when you have um, a soundtrack that is heavily based in music. So you had, for example, um, uh, there, there was a song that they played during a fight scene, and it I can't think of which one it is. It's been so long since I've actually seen the movie. And then you get to the part where they go to battle the Enchantress, and then it's all score, which was forgettable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we can't even think about it and remember it at this point, I mean, it can't be that good. I mean, there there are so many movies that... And then there's movies that are terrible with terrible scores. Well, then there's just a terrible movie altogether. The Mummy. Not with Brandon Fraser. Oh, that one. With Tom Cruise. I don't even remember the score. That movie, my... The score for The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise, I don't want anybody to get confused with The Good Mummy. I can barely remember the movie, let alone the score. Well, we we actually blocked that movie out for good reason. If we could have been uh, whatever from The Men in Black... Oh, the that n- yeah. neuralized, I would have been fine with that. If I could totally forget that I actually saw that movie, I would be happy. Um, I mean, but, you know, the soundtrack does also enhance the mood. Um, think of Gladiator. Yes. Gladiator is a prime example. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a period drama. Obviously, uh, obviously, most people know it. But... The one thing that really, really makes that movie is the soundtrack. The yes. scores that go with it 
to really play off the emotions. Very uh, Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves is the mm-hmm. same. But I do like when popular musicians go and score movies because Robin Hood Men, uh, uh, Prince of Thieves was scored by Sting. Okay. Didn't know that. So I like that kind of stuff when like popular musicians go and do more serious things. But Sting, I mean, Sting's a composer. Yes. Or like Josh Hame, who dealt from the Queens of the Stone Age, he has done movie scores and you wouldn't even know it was him. Well, but it is. Okay. So with those guys... They are composers, which there's a difference between an artist and a composer, because a composer, in order to achieve that level that you need to for film, um, or even if you're writing an opera or a musical, Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a completely different skill set. I mean, I I took music theory. I mean, it's... It's maddening yes, it is. what you have to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I applaud people who can do that because I can play multiple instruments, but I would never be able to write a score. No. I mean, I've been playing music now for since I was six, and I would never try my hand at scoring a movie. It's That's insane. It's mm. crazy. Like, I... I give it to people like Sting and Josh Hame and stuff like that. Who, now, who, granted, you know, I personally yeah. could do um, like sound supervision, so yeah. I would oh, be yeah. able supervising to supervising. Yeah, I would be able yeah. to put it together, Hell but yeah. I can't. I do have a score. I have an amazing skill and ear to pick apart music, dissect it, and see what should go with it and how, how it flows. But writing full scores. I don't have that talent and Mm. people who do like they like they can write pop songs because let's call it a spade a spade. Uh, All rock music really is, is just glorified pop music. And so they have the ability to write catchy tunes and serious drama pieces for film. That's, that's a mega talent that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. And, I think that uh, there's another movie like that too. It's called um, Gutter Damarong's um, shit, not shit, but I forgot. It's by Gutter Damarong, and it's a bunch of like rock musicians that got together to make a silent film. It's a black and white silent film, and the whole soundtrack is scored by popular rock musicians like Iggy Pop and Josh Hame and the guys from like Anthrax and so, so is it like uh, heavy metal uh some of it is some of it is scored okay and they toured with it so they did like a live show so they filmed the movie out in the desert with a bunch of people including um um freaking uh I can't remember his name right now um but then they toured with the movie, played the movie behind it, and then all the band and the orchestra traveled with them and did a live show in front of the movie. Wow. I actually do enjoy it because the uh, the the local symphony do they do does that? that every once in a while. Because mm, they did... Um, movies. Uh, not silent movie. This was Harry Potter. Oh, so they did the they did the music along mm-hmm. with the movie. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that'll, they did. That'll enhance... A movie right there. I forget which live. one it was. I think it was. It was a. I forget which one they did though. 
Because I thought about awesome. going to see it, but I just didn't have a chance That's to. when I went and saw Casablanca for the first time. Um, they did all the piano parts live. That'd be cool to see. Yeah. So anytime like, they were doing, like, play another one from Sam, it would cut from the movie and it would actually be a real, like, real person playing. Hmm. And it was so good. It was so awesome because the theater is an old opera house. So it was just, it's beautiful in there and it just enhanced the movie. Well, then, I mean, you also have movies like Flash. Oh, oh. Oh. Queen? Queen. Queen. Let's not, Queen's biggest movies, Flash, Mm -hmm. Gordon, Highlander, which you know that they almost didn't use that song? Yeah. Prince of the Universe? Mm -hmm. Because they just didn't like it. But that's what is synonymous with Highlander. Yeah, but I'm talking more like the the impact that they had on the movie Flash. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, I appreciate what they did in Highlander, but that again goes more towards the soundtracking, yeah. um, which, I mean, y- you'd have to... I don't envy their job, no, because there's so much out there that oh, yeah. you really just... It, it's overwhelming. I mean, just go on Spotify. I mean, there are times that I just... My eyes are spinning looking for new music. It's hard. It's hard because you go down rabbit holes. Like you go trying to make your own thing, and then you just well, I got this now. And then well, like these people are like associated with this. But Queen did the whole thing for Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. whole kit and caboodle. But that comes. You know, Brian May is so insane uh, with music. Him and Freddie Mercury together were the ultimate team. In writing any kind of music, and especially if if somebody else did Flash Gordon other than Queen, it would have been totally different. I mean, you could argue that about anyone doing yeah, the soundtracks. There's a certain sound that Queen has. Oh yeah, and it they definitely make an impact. Oh, uh, like David Bowie, mm-hmm. the Labyrinth. Uh, if that's Terry, God, what the hell is his name? The guy who actually wrote the music for it that David Bowie uh, performs. I don't know at all his name offhand. He was just on the one of the last uh, Daft Punk albums, too. He's also an actor, I think. Yeah, you're going to bring it up. Pardon us as we do some mid-show research. Not David Finch. That doesn't sound right. Not that I know of. No, no, no. I was typing in David Bowie, and it came up David Finch. <laughs> Gotta love autocorrect. Um, no, autocorrect music. is not what we meant. Original scores tr- uh, composed by Trevor Jones. Trevor Jones, that's it. Like, he is amazing. Working in tandem with David Bowie created that sound. That we know of as the labyrinth sound to me. Did you know that David Bowie wasn't their first choice? Who was their who was who was their first choice? Oh, just tell me. It's got to be terrible. If I remember correctly, I can't remember if he was the first or the second choice, but Michael Jackson. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't have been disappointed. But they didn't go with him because he was being too difficult. I can see that. Yeah. And David Bowie just. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you want me to be weird and 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 super str- like off the off the deep end fantasy fair? Yes, I'll do it. Yeah, 
So, I mean, but again, that, that's a... Now, would you consider that... I wouldn't consider it a musical, because it's not really a musical. It's, but the it's song, writing a fine line. It's writing a fine line. It's a Jim Henson movie, so it's got that weird... It could be. Yeah, I guess it could be. Because all most of Jim Henson's movies are very like live action Disney animated movie almost. Alright, well, um that's uh our episode for this week. Uh what do you guys think? Uh what are your some of your favorite movie scores or your composers to your favorite movies? Um and join us next Tuesday as we talk to Rita Repulsa about how not to take over the world. Ta 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 ta. joining us we hope you enjoyed this episode if you'd like to keep the conversation going you can follow us on twitter and instagram at oh midnight roll also feel free to like rate and review us wherever podcasts are located until next time good morning and memento mori